Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm pressed to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Vaughn, we have a little bet going on here. Yeah. Do you like ACDC? Sure. Yeah. Lots of fun. I said no. <laughs> Our producer, Greg, said for sure you did. So. No, yeah, huge fun. I mean, that, that, that's like, <laughs> I like bands that don't have any illusions about what they are and what they deliver. Thank you. And yes. there is a band that delivered the goods um, for a long, long time very effectively. That's very true. Every song, right? Every yeah. song is a great one. This makes you want to go out there, roll down the windows, and drive as fast as you can on the freeway. That's yeah, sure. an ACDC I mean, we make, song. We, you know, we play around with genre names and all that kind of stuff, but uh, I would put them in the Bachman-Turner Overdrive category, oh. which is delivered the goods every time without fail and no pretense about what they were. Well, thank you for that. Uh, okay, let's talk about this uh, Chinese government interference scandal. We know it's made huge headlines nationally, but now yesterday we hear it arrived at the B.C. legislature. Yeah, so this is a flap that we're still trying to sort out over here. There's a good story in The Sun today by my colleague Katie DeRosa with the story so far. But near as we can tell right now, uh, this starts with a posting February the 16th by... Uh, the leader here of, um, well, let's see, it depends on who you're speaking for. He's a Tibetan leader. Uh, the Chinese say he's a Tibetan separatist, visits the legislature, part of a trip across Canada, and posts pictures of it. And the speakers of the legislature, the speaker of the legislature, gets a letter of protest from the Chinese consulate in Vancouver that, to, you know, BC should not be opening its doors to this separatist. Okay, that's episode one. That's uh, February 16th. Then um, a liberal MLA is organizing a welcome at the legislature for a delegation of Buddhists who are having a large meeting in Victoria. And a Two queries go out from the Speaker's office by staffers, not the Speaker himself, saying, will there be any Tibetans in this group? And the answer is, yes, there were. Um, there's some back and forth around this, the Liberals' protest to the Speaker, and uh, the whatever concerns there were evaporate. Uh, if you go on to the Hansard website and read uh, February 27th, a Monday afternoon, you will see that this very large delegation of Buddhists ends up in the public gallery, welcomed by the opposition and welcomed by the premier himself. David Eby welcomes them. The group are named, a number of them, in the legislature, and they include a half dozen Tibetan monks. So, clearly the way is open. 
the third episode in this is liberal MLA Teresa Watt is trying to organize a full Buddhist blessing ceremony in the Hall of Honor at the legislature on May 3rd. There's some question initially, Simi, as to whether or not that will go ahead and whether that will include Tibetans, but that has also been given the green light. The speaker issued a statement yesterday saying he never tried to block the Tibetans, that his office has welcomed their involvement from the beginning. The liberals are saying the correspondence back and forth between them and the speaker's office and the Chinese consulate and the speaker's office indicates initially there were some reservations about this. So I think we probably need a full accounting. Maybe the right way to proceed on this, Simi, would be for the speaker himself to make a statement in the House uh, providing a full chronology of what happened and clearing the air about whether or not the right. Chinese consulate exercised undue influence here at the legislature. Right. Now, that would be unusual, right, for the speaker to yep. do that. But it feels like this, given the back and forth here and, and considering that it all, all went ahead, we, just, we need to know what happened. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, uh, the speaker rarely speaks, but when he does, it's with considerable authority. I've got a lot of time for Speaker Chu, and I think he's handled the office very, very well in general. Uh, it's possible that some staffers panicked and uh, were intimidated by uh, the letter from the Chinese consulate. Uh, it's possible that was an issue. It's possible they tried to avoid uh, controversy around this. But, you know, again, if you go to the Hansard on the 27th, which is when the large delegation of Buddhists visit, that's a major event. I remember being in the house that day, and you were surrounded by monks up in the public gallery there. there. And as I said, the liberals welcomed them. Uh, the premier himself got up and welcomed them. And he even made a joke, David Eby said, uh, given the record of Buddhists, the values they have they uh, have for peace and compassion. He was sure that would be on display during question period in the house <laughs> that day. Much laughter all around. Even the monks thought that was pretty funny. Okay, so it did happen. We just need to know what yeah. was going on behind the scenes. That's right, and we also need to know whether there really was any attempt to kind right. of vet Tibetans out of the event coming up on May the 3rd, which is the next sort of event in the series. Here. Okay, yeah. so there's more to come on that one, but I also do want to talk a little bit more about question period because this one from yesterday, uh, there was a lot to talk about here. Yeah, speaking of days when compassion is not on display in question period and peace, uh, very, very raucous question period yesterday and for a good reason. You know, Premier David Eby, one of his big four priorities was to make people feel safer in downtowns, uh, to improve public safety and deal with chronic offenders. And, well, you know, you only need to follow the news headlines, uh, the broadcast headlines, the television headlines to realize that if there's been any progress on those priorities of the Premier, it is very hard to point to the evidence. There is some evidence that things are getting worse. The stabbing at Starbucks, the bear spray attack, what's going on every day in Nanaimo, and the Liberals hit the government very, very hard with really all stuff that's on the public record. The what happened when the Vancouver cops cracked down on chronic shoplifting and the data that came out from that. So very effective attacks by the opposition. And I have to say the government, I mean, people, again, can go look at Hansard. 
the government really didn't have much to say about it. Mike Farnworth, the Solicitor General, did his best to say we're dealing with this, but again, the evidence is that things are as bad and maybe worse. I'm surprised by that because we know, especially after learning about this in the municipal elections last fall, that public safety is a huge hot-button issue with the public. And then this week, you've got these two very high-profile stories that impact that. You've got the man killed in front of the Starbucks. You've got this shoplifting story. You would think, though, that the politicians would be ready for that attack and have an answer. Well, you know, the problem they have is that what have they done? So let's pick something that they've actually done. They've lobbied the federal government to change the rules around bail. And the federal government has promised to introduce legislation this spring to deal with that. So in the meantime, we're waiting. And it hasn't happened yet. And frankly, mark me down as a skeptic that Ottawa will actually do anything about this because there's a huge pushback against federal reform of the bail laws. So that's that one. But in any event, nothing has happened. Let's take the second one. Last fall, right after EB became premier, the government attorney general's ministry issued a new directive to prosecutors to essentially insist on bail for chronic offenders. Do not let chronic offenders be released, uh, catch and release again and again. So the government says it's keeping a record of what's happened since then. That directive went out in December, so we're several months into it. The prosecution service is supposedly keeping a record of what's happening in actual court cases under this new directive, is bail being refused more often? Or sorry, uh, yeah, refused more often for chronic offenders. Well, the liberals asked for the data. They filed an access to information request, and they were turned down. The government refused to release the evidence. Oh, it's too soon. Uh, so they asked for it in the House. Attorney General Nikki Sharma gets up and says, well, you know, the prosecution service is independent. We can't tell them what to do, even though they just did. So the one piece of evidence, Simi, that they could present showing progress, actual statistical progress, they won't release. And mark me down as somebody who suspects that the reason they really release and they won't release it is that it doesn't show there's been any progress. Because if there had been progress, my guess is the report would be sitting in all of our email inboxes showing the wonders that have been accomplished since the directive went out. <laughs> Exactly. So essentially, there's no answer. No, there's no answer. I mean, <laughs> oh, well, now, the best answer from the government's point of view is Farmers got up and said, I want to remind the opposition that when you were in government, you short shorted funding for victim services. You didn't give as much money to victim services as we did. Well, the numbers are there, but as if that is any kind of explanation for a crime wave six years later, I mean, the New Democrats were delighted and pounded their desks and, oh boy, we really showed them, but for heaven's sakes, Farmer's a smart enough guy to know that doesn't say anything to the public that exactly. six years ago the Liberals didn't give enough to victim services, so now some poor guy got stabbed at Starbucks and you know, uh, there was a bear spray attack out in Surrey and Nanaimo is experiencing a crime wave. Like, the two just doesn't add up. Nobody is going to fall for that, I don't think. Except, I don't maybe a liberal, except maybe the NDP backbench. They're gullible enough to think that's <laughs> an That's their job. Point. That's their job. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Cindy.